Welcome to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast. We're your hosts, Nick and Harry. Hello, everybody. This is episode seven of More Sense Than Dollars. And before you ask, yes, I am ready for this one, but are you? Oh, I of course I'm ready. I like to ask if you're ready. I know. Part. I had to switch. I had to switch it up, though. All right. All right. I'll let, you, I'll let you get it next week. Okay. We're talking about credit cards today. This is going to be the four one one on how to get one if you don't already have one, and if you do already have one, how to use it responsibly. And if you do already have one, how to use it responsibly and get the most out of it. Yeah, you can get into a lot of trouble with credit cards, but they're also a super handy tool that everyone should have in their personal finance repertoire. Exactly. Let's start with our financial highs and lows, peaks and pits. What are yours for this week? This is a little Portland specific, but there's def- there's this trend or habit, and I don't know if it's just the neighborhood I'm in or, or this the whole city, whatever, but... People leave stuff out in the street corners as recycling. Like the like a lot of the times it's just trash, honestly. But people throw a free sign on it, and it's I feel really like it's strange. It's, yeah, I, I, it's not something I had seen before. Oh. Um, and yeah, a lot of the times it's like like I've seen VHS tapes, and people like people put a box of VHS tapes out in the rain with a free sign, and it's, I'm just like you, you're just throwing trash on the street. But you got something useful. Yeah, sometimes there's gems, and I mean, we're actually, um, Nicole and I are prepping for a camping trip, and we were going to have to pick up a cooler, and we happened to walk by, while we were walking our dog today, walked by a Wheeling Coleman cooler. It doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with it, so that was a pretty big pickup, saved us some money. You know, now you're not allowed to make fun of the people putting stuff out anymore. I know, yeah, I I take back... Anything I've said, I, I still think a lot of it's trash, but it is mostly trash, but that's, <laughs> that's cool. What about your love? The low, I put a small chunk of change into Bitcoin back in like 2016 or 2017, somewhere around then. And so Bitcoin's obviously gone up a ton since then. Um, and it's been fun, especially this year, watching my net worth. I use you need a budget to track my net worth too. I love data. I love seeing charts. So I've loved seeing my net worth steadily climb, um, you know, more than it would have with just my own savings and everything because Bitcoin's been going up so much. But that, that you know, in the last, not just this week, but in the last couple months, it's been dropping. Um, still up a lot from where it was a year ago. Um, and it's not, you know, it's a long-term investment for me. I'm not planning on cashing it out anytime soon. But it still sucks seeing my net worth head the other direction on the graph because Bitcoin's been dropping so much. It'll be back. Yeah, you know, it's unrealized losses. They're not real. Right? That's right. It's just paper. Yeah. So what about yours? Okay. Hi. I finally paid off my car. Wow. It was a five-year loan. Because I thought, oh, I'd rather have the lower payment. And I got a really good interest rate on it. So I think it was 1.8%. Oh, that's, I mean, that's basically free. Yeah, it wound up. It's less than inflation. It's less than inflation. So I did the five year and I didn't pay it off early. I just let it, you know, uh, run. 
and finally paid it off. So that that was a high. Not having that payment anymore is going to be great. The low is that I had to sell off some of the stocks in my gambling portfolio to pay for furniture in the house that I was renovating. That takes us into credit cards because we do not want to have to be paying interest on credit cards every month. Nope. First, let's get into what they are. Um, yeah, most people probably have some idea that it's such a big part of our culture now. I think most people probably have some idea of credit cards, but what are they actually? How would you compare it to a, a debit card? Well, so with, with a debit card, you you know swipe the card, enter the chip, you are paying for something, and that money is pulled directly out of your bank account. Whereas the, the credit card is a very similar function, but the money is actually coming from whoever issued you the credit card. So whatever bank issued you the credit card is actually the one that's paying for what you're buying at the time of the purchase. And that, that you're immediately then on the hook to pay that back at some point. Kind of see it as like, it's like if you're out with a friend and you say, can you spot me for this, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like Bank of America or whoever it is is spotting you that money until it comes time to pay the piper and you need to pay it back. That's the big piece. You have to pay it back. Right. And you're paying it monthly. So depending on, I think you can actually change your, your due dates and your and your actual statement cycle, but they work on a monthly basis. So yep. everything you've spent within that month, that period. So for example, the 10th of one month to the 10th of another, you'll then owe on that statement. That's your credit card statement. Yep. And though, yeah, the way it works, that's usually like, say you get the statement on the 10th and then the payment due date is probably, you know, at the end of the month. So you might, right. you get told on the 10th how much you spent in that cycle and then two, two and a half weeks later, whatever it is, is actually your due date where you need to pay that money back. It is weird to think of credit cards as loans, but they are. You're, you're borrowing That's the money. That's really what it is. I guess because it, this would be considered a revolving loan. Yeah, it's, it's like it's a line of credit. Yeah, it is. You're borrowing, you're paying it off, you're borrowing, you're paying it off. So it's not just one big amount you take out all at once. For as long as you have that account open you can spend up to the limit they give you as long as you're paying it off if there's one thing you take out of this episode it is that if you pay off your statement balance so you get that list of what you spent in the past month if you pay that entire amount off before the due date that's it you you only pay the money that you spent during that month but what happens if you don't pay off the entire amount well, the bank is hoping that you won't, right? This is right, where they make exactly. their money because they're loaning it to you, hoping that you'll let some of it slide and not pay it. And then they'll charge you interest on that. Exactly. And so the interest rate that they give you is based on the year. So it'll be a fraction of that annual rate. You'll get charged on the statement balance for that month. And it'll get added to next month. Right. That's the APR. We talked about that 
a little in the dead episode, but the APR on credit cards is crazy high, usually in the 20s. Maybe, maybe even, I mean, even with good credit, yep, you were probably only getting down into the high teens. I, I tried, think. yep, I tried looking at some of mine and I was looking at them. The lowest one, I think, is 18 percent. I think it's around the same for me. Yeah, it's 18 and change. What's the best way to avoid paying that interest rate? Pay your statement every month. And that's really that's really all you need to do to avoid paying anything more than what you're spending. Now, the issue is people will spend more on their credit cards than they can actually pay off. Yep. And so that brings you to the, like the second part, making sure that you can pay the statement in full is to really treat the money you're putting on the credit card like a debit card. You shouldn't use your credit card to buy anything that you can't already afford. And that, that's really, that's the secret. That's how you make credit cards work for you instead of working for the bank, is treat it like a debit card. Don't put anything on the credit card that you couldn't have paid for in cash. When you start seeing your credit card balance get higher than your checking account or savings account balance, that's when you're getting into trouble, right? It's it's basically like you're underwater. It's a gut sinking feeling. It's I've I've been there. It's Me too. It's awful. So, like Nick said, treat it like a debit card. Whatever you would have bought with cash or with a debit card, those are the things you can use a credit card for. And we'll get into why, I guess moving on to why even do this if we're going to treat it like a debit card. Yeah, because I think a lot of people view credit cards as not something to use for everyday purchases. It's something to use to buy something you couldn't afford. Yeah. And I think that's really like that's really the the banks have done a great job, an excellent job from their point of view at convincing people that that's what they're for. Right. Because they they make their money by you not being able to pay off the statement. They're, and they're trying to find the the balance between what's the the most they could let you spend and still have a good chance of you paying it back with interest right they want to keep you on the treadmill yeah so they'll give you as as high of a limit as they can hoping that you spend all of that and are just constantly paying interest on it yeah it's it's a little it's a little sick if you think about it it is not a uh yeah it's a little predatory maybe i would say it but is. before we get into who these tricksters are, right. why would you even use a credit card if we're only recommending to use it for the things you would already be able to pay for in cash? There are some really good perks here. One of the biggest ones is protection against fraud. Exactly. If you buy something with a credit card or somebody steals your credit card number, they can't take money out of your checking account or your savings account. So even, you know, if I've had situations where, you know, I had a a debit card number stolen or got overcharged for something, even if you do get that money back eventually, it's out of your account for a while and you can't spend it. With a credit card, it's only on the statement and the bank is going to help you try to get that money back because otherwise they'd be on the hook for it. A great way to think about it is whose money is, whose money was stolen, and if it's your debit card, your money was stolen. 
But if it's the credit card, the bank's money was stolen. That is a great way to, yeah. And the bank is going to work a lot harder to get that money back when it was their money that was stolen than if it just came out of your account. So true. So that's why you you hear of things like credit card chargebacks. You can charge something back to the merchant if it was something you didn't actually buy or your identity was stolen. These are all things that you can do much more easily with a credit card that you can't do as easily with a debit card or with cash at all. Uh, What else do you think are some good perks? So one of the things that goes into your credit score and your credit report, and that's actually going to be what our next episode is about, is how long you've had credit, how many on-time payments you've made, how many different types of credit you have. And so having a credit card in the mix with maybe a student loan or a mortgage or a car loan gives you a more diverse history of credit. And it can also give you a big increase in the number of on-time payments. And so it's, it's great for building up a longer credit history. So these two reasons we've covered are advantageous because of the system that we're in, right? Like if if banks cared more about fraud in your bank account or if or if the credit system wasn't so obfuscated and, and convoluted, these benefits these are kind of like made up benefits, right? Where that like the benefits only exist because of the system that the banks yeah. built. So what are some actual tangible material benefits that you can get from using a credit card. Yeah, we those are we covered the the very responsible perks, but there's also actual like money in your pocket perks. So when you get credit cards, banks are trying to convince you to sign up because they want you to carry a balance and pay that interest. So you can take advantage of them hoping for that first by not carrying over your statement. But they'll offer things like sign-up bonuses. So getting some money off on your statement every month or just cash when you sign up for the card. Yeah, sometimes you'll just get like $500 in cash when you open your card. Yeah. Certain cards offer percentages back on certain categories. So maybe groceries or gas or travel. You may get a certain percentage of the amount that you spend back in points or cash yeah and sometimes those the rotating ones can get pretty high like up to five percent which is which is like pretty good return on your money compared to oh yeah it's like having a coupon for that amount when you're buying something right adds up so depending on the card that could be in like cash back on on your statement or it could be points that you can then redeem for plane tickets, for hotels, travel, rental cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. All there's a bunch of stuff you can redeem points for. So those are some of the like actual money in your pocket sort of benefits. And again, right, it's really important that the the bank does this because enough people carry a balance and pay interest on their balance that they the bank makes their money back. Yeah, they're still making money even offering all this you know, they've figured this out. So it's very important to not carry that balance because as soon as you start paying interest on your purchases, you very quickly erase any benefit you're getting from these rewards. That's true. Right? Like a $300, $500 signup bonus is, is real nice. That's just like free cash and it's, it can be a nice infusion. But you can very quickly over the course of a couple months pay more than that in interest. Yeah. 
if you're not paying off your statement. Paying 20% on a $10,000 statement balance or something, right? That yeah, yeah, exactly. That interest adds up crazy quick. So then there are some other, some other perks that aren't like direct money in your pocket, I guess. Yeah. So things like uh, insurance on purchases, sort of that fraud protection or uh, warranties. Yeah, I think a big one is a, a very common one is extended warranties on electronics. Yep. A lot of credit cards will give you three or five years warranty on, on a new phone or a TV or something like that. Exactly. And I think another form of insurance that you get is price protection. Where like if you if you buy something and the price drops within 30 days or 60 days, it changes for different cards. But if the price drops, you can actually get the difference in the price back. And so it lets you buy a little more without kind of stressing over a deal coming up or something like that. Yeah, those little things can add up. You can also find ones that don't have any foreign transaction fees. So if you go international, you don't pay on that. Uh, global entry or TSA pre-check credits. If you use the card to pay for pre-check, they'll erase it from your statement. Uh, what about one that you really like, Dash Pass? That comes with yeah. some cards. Yeah, so that there's a, there's some more like unique or interesting perks. And so, yeah, one of them with my, my Chase card, I get this a Dash Pass is like a, a DoorDash subscription where you get free delivery. And I, I would never... I would never pay for that on its own, but it was kind of just, I had had that card for a few years and then they emailed me like, oh, hey, we have a new benefit and delivery is free on DoorDash. Now. Yeah, it's great. So that's I, a big I one have one me. that gives me some Uber cash every month. Uh, the Amex Platinum does that. So there's all so kinds a of little perks. Permanent discount on right. Uber or, or Lyft. Some of the airline or hotel cards will give you like status, like being a gold member or priority boarding for that airline. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of these different perks and benefits. It depends on the card and the provider, but all these little things add up. If you're using them responsibly, they can really uh, save you some money. Yeah. Uh, uh, lounge access too. Yeah. If you've, I knew I used to, I used to wonder even traveling in college, I used to wonder how people like how these how do these business people just like sneak off into these lounges I would see and then you know they had someone in a suit at the door like making sure you couldn't just stroll in and it just seemed like such an exclusive club and really all they have is they have the right credit card. Yep. A lot of a lot of different perks available. Let's get into who is issuing these cards and how the system actually works. You've got your issuers, the banks who are giving you the card. That's who you're interacting with. And they're the ones that you owe money to. Then you've got the networks. These are the companies that are actually facilitating the transaction between the merchant and the card issuer. The place you're buying it from to the bank that's spotting you the money. And so the network makes their money by charging a fee... For facilitating that transfer of information. So those are the major networks that I mentioned. You've got MasterCard, Visa, Discover, and Amex. Amex and Discover aren't accepted at as many places as Visa and MasterCard. And so your first card probably shouldn't be a Discover or Amex. You're going to get a little 
bit extra coverage if you have a Visa or MasterCard, which all of the other issuers besides Discover and Amex will be using. Now, Discover and Amex are also issuers. You want to go into some of the biggest issuers out there? Yeah, so the issuers are are probably going to be common names to most of you. So we have, in order of the biggest market share for issuers, we have American Express, Chase, Citibank, Bank of America, Capital One, then there's Discover, Wells Fargo, Barclay Card. There's significantly more issuers than there are networks. Most major banks will offer some form of credit some form of credit card that you can open. Yep. And so each of these, whether it's Amex or Capital One or Chase, often have multiple credit cards for different things. So they might, some might have some for cash back. Some have it for airlines, for hotels. They'll usually have like different ranks of cards too. True. They'll have cards that don't cost any money to open usually with significantly less benefits, but they're easier to get. Like they're sort of beginner credit cards for someone who doesn't have a credit history or for someone who wouldn't take advantage of some of the bigger benefits. And then as you go up through the tiers, you'll actually run into cards where you pay an annual fee. And so you actually pay the bank some sort of lump sum to open the credit card. And that that amount can range um, I would say in, in the common cards, those can go anywhere from $99 up to $450. And I, I think they even go higher than that for some cards, but you're, you're getting into some significantly more exclusive ranks at that point. Um, I'd say for the average person, the $450 cards are kind of where you cap out being worth it. And even then, only for some specific scenarios. So I I think we kind of went through uh, how to be responsible with it once you have it or for listeners who already have them. How do you get one if somebody's saying, you know, I I don't have one yet. I don't have any credit history. How can I start? For that first, you know, your first credit card, no credit card history. There's two ways to do that. One of them is the one I mentioned how I got my first card. It was a bank that I had had an established relationship with. I never like I didn't have any overdrafts on my account. I wasn't bouncing checks, stuff like that. Like I didn't have a credit history, but I did have a trustworthy banking history with them. And so they extended me an offer for a super low limit card. And that, you know, that's how I got my first one. And then from there on, I had a credit history from the credit card. And I was also right at this around the same time started paying off my student loans. Um, and so then from that, that opened doors to better cards because um, I had a better credit history. But the other way is a uh, cash-secured credit card. That's a great way to get your first card, especially if it's with a bank that you don't have any prior relationship with. And how that works is you may actually give the bank $500 to start with, and they hold it as collateral. And so you still get all the benefits of a credit card. You get the fraud protection. You get the, the credit history bumps. Um, you may still get some of those benefits, although there's there's less likely to be benefits, some of those nicer benefits we talked about, less likely to have that on a cash-secured card. But yeah, you get that fraud protection and credit history boost. 
And if you, for some reason, you know, your credit limit will be $500, whatever the amount you gave them is. And then if for some reason you don't pay them back or you stop paying your statements, they already have the money to cover whatever you spent and aren't paying. Yeah. If you don't make that minimum payment, they'll just pull from that. So it's a great way to get started because it counts as a real credit card on your report. So yep. if they, if you show that bank that you can pay them back, that bank might offer you other credit cards. Or if you go to apply with another bank, they'll see that you have some history and be more willing to give you one without having to put up any cash first. Yeah, once you have one of those two figured out, the most common way is probably just applying online at one of the bank's websites. Yep, and they'll tell you you'll either get instantly approved or instantly denied or they'll say we need to look at your application and they'll let you know within a few days or a week or so and it sort of like was a light bulb moment for me where i was like oh crap like i see how this could get you in a lot of trouble because i I went to a bank's website entered a bunch of information that i could have given them off the top of my head and they said yeah here cards on the way (laughs) yeah here's six hundred dollars here's a thousand dollars like your cards in the mail, but you don't need to wait to get it to use it. Here's the numbers. You can start, you know, you can start buying stuff on Amazon right away without the physical card. Um, so it is, it is shockingly easy, I would say, to apply and get approved for a credit card. Okay, this leads us into the takeaways for this episode. So the first thing you should do is figure out if you're in a position to get a credit card, if you don't already have one. Is your budget in order? Have you listened to the episodes uh, before this one? Getting your budget set, building an emergency fund, getting that foundation of your personal finance. Now we're starting to develop a little bit further. And so credit scores and credit reports. And so credit cards and building a credit score is the next piece of that. But you don't want to jump to this before you do those. Yeah, you really need to have your budget unlock because like we said you want to treat your credit card like it's cash so you should already know what you're putting on how you're what you're putting on your credit card fits into your budget what category is it coming out of you need to have control over your spending to responsibly use a card if you've already got that stuff in order start researching go to the bank's websites look at some of the the perks nerd wallet credit karma bank rate all have Uh, lists of different cards with different banks they'll even break it down by like beginner cards or entry level or or based on your credit score if you know what it is and if you already do have a card and you're just not sure if you're using it right haven't been taking advantage of these uh, benefits start with those things make sure you have the app for that card and that you're signed up for notifications for email alerts, for balance alerts, for any fraud alerts, so that you can uh, stay on top of your usage and your statements. Set up auto pay to pay off your statement in full every month. Auto pay can be dangerous if you're not tracking your spending and know that you have enough to cover it. So you want to make sure you're being responsible, it fits into your budget, and then you can set up auto pay and never worry about missing your due date and having to pay some interest and not just an interest. I think one one piece we mentioned is a late fee too. So if yes. you are late on your payment, you get charged the interest and a flat fee for being late. 
definitely avoid that. You should also be checking your checking in on your statement. Like look at the the transactions for for fraud or being overcharged for something, anything that you didn't buy on there. Don't just assume everything on there is uh, legit. Make sure you check it out first. Um, another problem I've had is like double charges. But like I got charged twice for something I purchased. Yep. Um, and that you know that's not something. Even you know it was such a small amount, maybe like maybe it's something twenty dollars and you got charged twice for, and you might not notice twenty extra if you just look at the amount. Um, you know, I actually look at the individual transactions and make sure that the, you you know recognize all of them. And get into the fun stuff. Those those perks and rewards. Find out what your card has. You probably you you could just Google perks for that card. But uh, when you sign up for the card, they'll give you a list of all of the, the benefits. So make sure you're using those. There's some good stuff there. All right, everybody, that does it for episode seven, credit cards. Next week, we'll be talking about credit scores, reports, and how to get the highest score you possibly can. Thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast.